Hello all, welcome to the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, the podcast for SeedSing.com. I am your host, R.D. Kulik, and with me is you, just us again, where it's weird. I think maybe you guys should expect this because the election is coming up on Tuesday. This is the last podcast before the 2022 midterm elections, and originally I had a really cool, interesting topic I was going to discuss with Ty, and it was like, oh goodness, the election's coming up. I kind of want to talk about that and do just myself in the audience, a little dirty. And I remember a couple of years ago, so the 2020 election, the most important election of our time until this Tuesday, Willie Nelson came out with this song, and I I didn't play it on the podcast. I might have mentioned it or something like that, but we were sitting there, and Trump was in office, and we were just ready to move on. And I want to play a little bit of this song that Willie came out with in 2020, because it's going to inform a lot of what I want to say here on the podcast. What election day is all about The biggest gun we've got Is called the ballot box So if you don't like who's in there Vote them out Vote them out I mean, come on, you gotta love Willie. It's uh, regardless of what you think of country music. I, I think it was Chris Christopherson was talking to one of these new wave country guys 10 years ago or so. And they said, you know, you guys did the same thing to country music that uh, that pantyhose did to look the quote up. You'll see. So you always got to love the classics here. Some Willie Nelson. But yeah, so back in 2020, the idea is vote him out. Get Trump out of there, get his people out of there. And even though things did not go as well as people on the Democratic Party side thought, it was. We put Joe Biden in there. We had the Democrats took control of the Senate, it was split Senate, but since they had the presidency, and it was, uh, we're, we're going to start over. We're, America's going to reach this promise that we had lost the last four years. And I, all of us, including myself, was like, look, just at least the noise is done and we can move on. And I'm here to tell you, two years later, things are a hell of a lot worse. So <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't feel good about this election. And I'm trying not to, I'm, I'm going to really try not to go into conspiracy theory type thing, but I have to bring it up is I work in politics. I did some work during this year and it's tiring. It's taken a toll on me. It's taken a toll on me psychologically. It's taken a toll on me physically. It's been a rough year. You guys know some of the things that we've we've discussed here, you know, recently with the loss of my father-in-law who doesn't did the music for the show, all this other stuff. But just politic politics in itself. And I I love politics. Look, part of the reason I'm talking about it is because I do love talking about it. And I am one of the first people I will debate anybody, but debate's not the option anymore. It's yes or no. I was having a discussion with somebody I knew the other day who was a Republican, who's very transparently Republican. And I was saying something like, as somebody who tends to vote Democrat, I don't like the fact that some of their thought leaders are, well, Democrats kill children and drink their blood. And then she responded to me, yeah, well, everybody thinks that Republicans are Nazis. And I said, honestly, I'd rather be a Nazi than a child murderer. And after I said that, and that's the clip that's going to get 
taken out of context in this one. I got kind of sad because that's exactly where we are right now. And, you know, here, so I'm going to use my state of Ohio to kind of set the stage for this. So we've got a Republican governor, Mike DeWine. Now, there's a lot of people who are listening to this and a lot of people I know that I've talked to, other Democrats, are like, oh, he's one of the good ones, as in one of the good Republicans. But under Mike DeWine, a 10-year-old girl had to go to another state to get an abortion after she was raped. That's under Mike DeWine government, okay? Under Mike DeWine, we've gone from you need training and all these other things to carry a concealed weapon to that you don't need any of that stuff. And he's trying to force teachers to carry guns now. That's under Mike DeWine. Under Mike DeWine, we have the largest political bribery scandal in United States history. It's a thing called First Energy. And that's all under him. But he gets a pass because he wasn't as uber super crazy during the pandemic. That's why he gets a pass. But still, tons of people died. He got rid of his health director, put a, a nut job in charge. and But that's it. But he gets a pass. And on the other side of it, I will easily say, and I'm laying this on the steps of the Ohio Democratic Party. Who do they run? They run Nan Whaley, who honestly, I mean, she was the mayor of Dayton for a long time. But she's famous because of a mean tweet with Donald Trump. And they have done nothing. She doesn't talk about First Energy because she has some of her own corruption issues. And you know, I did an interview with somebody in that area the uh, with uh, David Israti, who's running for Congress. And those of you in that district, the 10th District of Ohio, he is on your ballot this Tuesday. You know, he went after it. He went after Mike Turner. He went after what was going on. But most Democrats don't do that. And he, he's in a position, he's an outsider candidate, does not have the support of the party. So he he's able to do that in a lot of the same ways that an Ocasio-Cortez could do it or a Cori Bush or someone like that. But for the most part, they don't. The Democrats just don't do that. So that's going to lead me to Ohio Senate race. The race between Tim Ryan, longtime congressman from the northeastern part of Ohio, and J.D. Vance, a guy that wrote a book, a guy who hung out in Silicon Valley for a while, and a guy who is objectively just terrible. I mean, J.D. Vance has said, and then he's defended it, that women that are in abusive relationships need to stay there for the kids. And then now he, what did somebody, I saw somebody say that he found the Mad Lib of racism. He was on, of all people, of course, Tucker Carlson, talking about how the Biden or Tim Ryan administrations or whatever want illegal immigrants to come across the borders so they can give them gender surgeries to change their genders or something. I mean, he's just an awful human being. But you know what? He's going to be the next senator from Ohio. He is. The truth is, is because Ohio some backward state or something like that. I mean, partially, yes, where we're an aging state. We're losing a lot of our industry. It's, it's hard for a lot of our more next-generation businesses to hire people to come to Ohio. Like I just said, because of Mike DeWine, it's, women's health doesn't mean anything here. The safety of your children in schools means nothing here. By the way, schools is another issue, again, with Ohio. But but J.D. Vance is going to probably win just because he's a Republican. And the, every Republican I know doesn't care about any terrible thing he says, which as a Democrat, if one of our candidates says Al Franken is a great example. Al Franken, I'm not going to sit here and excuse him, but I'm going to tell you right now, he sure as hell did not need to be kicked out of the Senate for what he did. And it was Democrats. It's Kirsten Gillibrand in New York that led that effort. 
because she thought for some reason she was going to run for president of the United States and thought she could get that Me Too scalp. And that's exactly what that was. That was politics. That wasn't anything real. But it was the Republicans gleefully let her take him down. So Tim Ryan brings me back to Tim Ryan. He's spending his whole campaign trying to appeal to these white working class voters that don't vote for the Democratic Party. Because, look, the truth is the Democratic Party left them behind. They decided to go for the intellectuals. They decided to go for people like me mainly. So he's trying to appeal to these people that no matter what, they're going to vote Republican because, again, there is a group of Republicans that have convinced themselves that Democrats murder children and drink their blood. That's where we are. So at the end of the day, if you're Tim Ryan, you don't put out cutesy ads of you throwing a football and saying things like Ohio needs an ass kiss- kicker, not an ass kisser. You don't do that. What you do is you say, J.D. Vance, if you are a woman, J.D. Vance thinks it's okay for your husband to abuse you, Thinks it's okay. J.D. Vance thinks it's okay for you to get raped, and J.D. Vance believes you need to carry that rapist child. Oh, also on top of that, J.D. Vance doesn't believe in the Constitution and thinks Donald Trump should be the king of America. That's what you say if you're Tim Ryan. That's what you do. But he won't do it because he sits inside this D.C. bubble. He sits inside this Democratic Party bubble. He sits inside this Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer idea of we need to keep our wealthy people happy. So he's not going to do that. And then you're going to get J.D. Vance as the next senator. So let's move to Pennsylvania. I don't know tons about Pennsylvania politics. I know some people that do some work in Pennsylvania politics. I know John Fetterman has won a statewide race. That's it. I also know there's something wrong with John Fetterman. He's even finally admitted it, but they tried to cover it up for so long. But you look at the other side. Mehmet Oz, snake oil salesman, terrible human being, awful. Go listen to the podcast Behind the Bastards. They did a three-part series on Dr. Oz. And he's. And this was before he decided to be a guy from New Jersey running for Senate in Pennsylvania. But you know what? All of the self-inflicted wounds of the Democratic Party, because again, Democrats will easily go after their own, is probably going to put Mehmet Oz in the Senate. And then let's go to Georgia. Now, compared to Tim Ryan or John Fetterman or their campaigns, Reverend Raphael Warnock, I cannot say he's he's definitively shot himself in the foot. But you know what? While we all sat back and let the governor of Georgia just absolutely rewrite the rules to let them decide how elections are going to go. And then when we put Stacey Abrams up again, which again, I know, I know I'm going to get come at me, but she was the first one that's like the election wasn't legitimate. Now, maybe she's right. You can even easily say she's right. But she gives cover to people like Donald Trump in the future by not fighting, by just complaining, by just going on the MSNBC and complaining and becomes this figure of just scorn for the Republicans, becomes this figure that makes them come vote against her. And then you get Herschel Walker, which, I mean, J.D. Vance is awful. Mehmet Oz is worse. Herschel Walker is the worst. But because he's a Republican and they don't hold any of that, they do not hold their people to account. You know, they always tell on themselves. They just care about control. So you're going to get him in there. And then let's go over to Arizona. You have the Democrat who's running for governor 
won't debate the bat poo insane wannabe Ava Perone in Arizona and allows her to take all the media, allows her to say whatever she wants. And the press in Arizona, you guys need a better press corps. Because when you get up there and she's an election denier and says she's not going to accept the election, and you ask her why, and then she says, oh, and lists all these Democrats, you as a press need to stop and say, we're not asking Stacey Abrams, we're not asking Hillary Clinton, we're asking Carrie Lake. Why is Carrie Lake saying this? But they won't do it. And this Katie Hobbs BS of not debating or doing any of this stuff and thinking that people will quote-unquote do what's best or whatever is going to get that that sociopath elected to governor and may end up losing Mark Kelly's Senate seat to another sociopath. So yeah, I'm I'm a little down. I I'm I don't and and I'm frustrated because this is this is a constant playbook with the Democrats. If you are a Democrat and you are going to run for office virtually anywhere, you have to be extraordinary. Okay? Tim Ryan is an extraordinary Democratic candidate. He's exactly what you would want in a blue-collar, trending red state as a Democrat, much like Claire McCaskill in Missouri before. And the party abandoned her. Again, don't know enough about John Fetterman, but Raphael Warnock, extraordinary. An extraordinary candidate. Doug Jones in Alabama a few years ago barely beats Roy Moore. Doug Jones is a civil rights hero. He's an American hero and barely beats a guy that openly admitted to hitting on 16-year-olds when he's like 40. Mark Kelly is a freaking astronaut. (laughs) Okay, You know, we'd throw ticker tape parades for these people doing the most incredible things that this country has ever done. And he may not win. But as a Republican, it's obvious that there's no bottom. It's just obvious. I mean, Trump was bad enough. Trump's a loser. He's a terrible businessman. He's an idiotic human being. He's anti-American. He's a traitor. And they would all rather sit there and worship him. For I mean, for what? For what? I mean, what does Donald Trump give you? He he makes your racism sound okay? Because Chuck Todd and the New York Times so badly and Chris Saliza and all these people so badly wanna wanna believe in the system, wanna believe in the sanctity of our government or something like that, that you're gonna let an awful, awful human being like Donald Trump off the hook. So there's no responsibility. I mean and, and look, again, I'm going to put this at the feet of the Democratic Party. Our Justice Department could do something. And, oh, well, we're afraid of violence or we're afraid of this or we're afraid of that. You, know, you go back to this whole, um, this whole uh, David Frost, Richard Nixon thing movie a few years ago, Frost, Nixon, and all that stuff, which I recommend if you haven't seen the play or the movie, go see them. It's really good. But David Frost was an entertainment reporter. Okay? That's what he was. He, came, he, he was writing about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and all that stuff. And he was able to hold him to task. And we have to sit here and watch. I, I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch any of this stuff. But just to know that hacks and horrid people and people that just don't, people that care about their paycheck, like the aforementioned Chuck Todd, more than they care about this country. 
So as a Republican, you just got to be a good, loyal soldier to this cult. (sighs) And it's frustrating. It's frustrating in my business that you can't make the argument anymore. That you can't point to Tim Ryan and his time in D.C. and the stuff he's pushed for and the stuff he's done and compare it to what J.D. Vance would do or what J.D. Vance would say. You might not agree with Tim Ryan's policies, but who out there agrees with J.D. Vance that a woman being abused in the marriage should just stick it out? Now, I know I say that and more people are going to say, yeah, I agree with that than I really want to know, so please don't tell me. But we got to think reasonably that that doesn't work. Or I mean, even Florida. I mean, Marco Rubio's running away with that race. Marco Rubio is I mean, it's not just so much that he's a good soldier for the cult. He's the the pledge in the fraternity that has to clean up the vomit every morning because nobody respects him. No one in the Republican Party respects him. People, voters of Florida don't respect him, but he's going to win and he's going to beat Val Demings, an African-American former police chief. Again, extraordinary. <sighs> I'm frustrated. I'm I'm frustrated. And I'm a little worried. <laughs> you know, I started off the top here with Willie talking about voting them out. And that, that's what I look at and I think to myself. And, but I'm also in a situation where you got to hold the line. Voting them out sometimes just isn't enough. And what does any of that mean? Well, I'm going to take a breather here, get my mind right, and find a way to make this Tuesday, no matter what happens, something positive we can work towards. Hello all, this is RD. I wanted to talk to you guys about another podcast that I do work on called High Heels and Politics. It's hosted by Marianne Christie, who I work with here in Southwest Ohio. And Marianne, she interviews a lot of influential people. In Ohio, she's interviewed a lot of political people that are influential. But for those of you outside of this state, She's also interviewed people like Susie Chapstick Chaffee, a former Olympic skier who was the face of Chapstick for the 1970s and 1980s. It's really interesting to listen to that one because she talks about her struggles as a woman in the Olympics, but then how she used her celebrity and her attractiveness in order to get more rights for amateur athletes, which led us today to things like the NIL. Also, Susie was very instrumental in Title IX, which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of. But it's not all just seriousness. Uh, Marianne has also interviewed the Naked Cowboy, the New York City icon that's been out there. Simon Lease, who a lot of you may know if you've ever seen The People vs. Larry Flint, he was the guy that arrested Larry Flint. He also arrested Jerry Springer when Jerry Springer was a member of the Cincinnati City Council here. So I encourage you guys go to Spotify, Google, Apple, go search High Heels in Politics, follow, subscribe the show. Marianne comes out with a new one every week and... It's an incredibly great conversation, and if you're interested or know anybody that may be on high heels in politics, just go to the contact page and talk to us. So let's get back to the conversation. Okay, guys, what is it that I'm afraid of? I went off about election denialism. I even both sides it, which is the worst thing I think you can do. Let's be completely honest. Whatever Stacey Abrams did— is nowhere near the level of awfulness that Donald Trump or Carrie Lake or Blake Masterson or whoever these idiots are. It's nowhere near. They're much, much, much worse. They are 
They are putting this country and the people in this country in danger. The Republicans are. Just them. Not both sides. Just them. Nobody's going after Mitch McConnell's wife with a hammer and then spending all the time speculating some whatever. But that's a topic for another day. I'm going to start here in Ohio. So we have Governor DeWine. We have a Republican in every single executive office. We have a supermajority at the legislative level. And we have people, I see it here just with local party leaders, that care so much more about their own power that they're willing to do anything. So Ohio is a great example here. Is we have a, like every other state, we have a Supreme Court and it's seven seats. And three of the seats are up this year, plus the Chief Justice in Ohio, you can't practice law past the age of 70. She's aged out. So and as of now, it's three Democrats, three Republicans, or four Republicans. Chief Justice is a Republican. But over the year, over the last few years, the Chief Justice has been siding with three Democrats on certain issues, mainly having to do with, with gerrymandering of districts. And oh, man, the Republicans. And this woman, her name is Maureen O'Connor, the show I advertise for, High Heels on Politics. We've interviewed her. She is the longest-serving elected woman in Ohio history. And she has just been completely discarded by the Republicans. Her inc- entire career means nothing to them. But they cooked up this scheme. There's two different schemes they cooked up this year outside of their gerrymandered maps, which, I mean, just take a look. It's it's so absolutely pathetic. But one of them was that certain judges were going to have political affiliations behind their names. The judicial races are supposed to be nonpartisan, but like everything else, you always get a Republican and a Democrat. And so the Supreme Court races and all the criminal court judgeships all have either an R, D, or Libertarian, or Green, or whatever, but they have political affiliation. And because Ohio's trended Republican the last few elections, uh, the GOP here thinks that's going to get more of their judges elected, which is interesting, because while the state has trended GOP, the trends of the judicial has gone to the Democratic Party. Those three seats in the Supreme Court have been picked up in the last few elections. And then the other thing they did is something called Issue 1. Now, Issue 1 has to do with... uh, it's in the same arena as bail reform. And basically what it is is it says that judges can use the public safety. If they think the safety of the public is at stake, they can make the bail higher for criminals to make it more difficult for them to make bail and then they have to be incarcerated. So it's one of these things that just makes perfect sense. That just makes perfect sense logically. But if you really read into it and if you look into it, and this is another podcast I'm going to go into, it doesn't. It's another one of these fear-mongering tactics by the Republicans because they lost suburban women, suburban moms in the last few elections, and they think this is going to get them back. That's why you hear about crime constantly. That's I mean, And in this time, in this year, I have been to New York City, deep into New York City. I I have an office in near downtown Cincinnati. I... I saw something really kind of frightening today, as a matter of fact, in my car. But I, I don't feel unsafe. But again, they're trying to make it out that it's it's just pure – it's a safety thing. It's, it's the well they always go to. And this is where I'm going to have my hope here in a minute. But the the Republicans here in Ohio think it's going to make you vote Republican. And if they can get their judges in, especially the Supreme Court judges, they can pass their gerrymandered maps. They can solidify them because they're going to get rid of that of Chief Justice O'Connor. And they can continue to hold control and they can continue to have the next biggest bribery scandal or whatever it may be. 
So that's what they're doing. And I know everybody's like, you're being really cynical, Cub. No, I'm not. That's exactly what they're doing. I've been told that by these operatives. And even to the point I've been told by legal scholars here in Ohio, their whole little issue one plan is blatantly unconstitutional. I forgot to look it up, but it's against like the Seventh or Eighth Amendment to the United States Constitution. So it's going to get thrown out anyways. Yes, even the current court we have, Supreme Court, will throw it out. So it's all just a cynical ploy to trick people into voting for you. Because Republicans are unpopular. The Democrats are more popular. But it makes me think they have all this control across all the board and all they do is scream and yell about election integrity and all this other stuff. It becomes a smokescreen because Ohio, like a lot of other states, has way few voting locations in the city than they do out in the suburbs. You know, it's a story nobody talks about anymore. We were all up on this all the way back in 2004 here in Ohio. And we don't talk about it anymore, and it's worse. It's blatantly worse. And every single one of these Republicans here in Ohio say, well, the election in Ohio was safe because Trump won here. But, you know, I question what's going on in Pennsylvania or Arizona or Georgia. So they set the doubt up there already. And no matter what happens on Tuesday, they're going to – where they don't get their way, if Fetterman does win, which if you go to Real Clear Politics, he – I think actually Oz might have the one lead right now. But I'll tell you right now, I don't think – and I'm not being a conspiracy theorist when I say this. I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that J.D. Vance is going to – he's not going to lose this race. And yes, I think scrutiny should be put in there. And yes, I think people should question it because the people that question the integrity of elections so much seem to be in charge of everything. And we never put any responsibility on their – down on, on their shoulders. So am I telling you I think this election is going to be stolen? I'm not telling you that. But I am telling you that there have been elections stolen and in Ohio and it was a presidential election in 2004. So I'm just saying, make sure, because the other thing I've seen is early voting is way higher than it's ever been, higher than 2020, which was an extraordinary voting year. And if you go, you look at the congressional district I'm in here, Ohio's first. We have longtime serving member Steve Shabbat. He's been there since 1994, minus two years. He's running up against a guy who's not the most dynamic candidate, this Greg Landsman. He's not, but he's running in the area that's the entire city of Cincinnati and then the super rural conservative county to the north. And Joe Biden won the district by nearly 10 points, but there's a lot of talk of people here that Shabbat's going to win the district. And I'm just wondering, why is that so? I mean, how is that so? How, what has changed in two years? And everybody's going to say, well, the economy. It's the economy, stupid. I, I know that. That's, I said it again. That's the reason I think the Republicans will legitimately win, is the economy. But here's the thing. They're not talking about that. They're talking about public safety. They're talking about abortion. So why? What is happening? Why are they not heavily focusing on the economy? I know they bring it up. And look, every time I say this to a Republican, their eyes just glaze over. But I'm like, I'm going to love to see their plans for inflation because how are they going to solve the inflation in, um, in Britain, in Germany, in India, in Japan? I'd love to see the, the, the super brain trust of Jim Jordan and Lowen Bobart and Matt Gates actually solve that because they don't know. And I'm sure they'll just come up with some other excuse because you know what Republicans are good at? 
white Christian male victimhood. That's what they're good at. It's always somebody else's fault. And you know what? Public's getting tired of this crap. I may be in the industry, but everybody I know, they're getting tired of this crap. And as they go around and they try to ban abortion and sanctity of life and want to, and yes, the person running for state house here, she wants to ban contraception, contraception and in vitro fertilization. So once they do that, you know what's going to happen? The Procter and Gambles of the world, the Krogers, Macy's is already gone, the General Electrics, who they can't get new people to come work for them. GE's building jet engines here. They're not going to sell the next the next generation of Swiffer if kids coming out of college aren't co- going to want to move to Cincinnati, Ohio, because we live in some Christo-fascist republic of Ohio. So I, I look, it's sad to me that I think the the plutocracy is going to save us from a theocracy. I mean, that's disgusting. It makes me want to throw up. But at the end of the day, when they talk about the economy, the income, do you really think that gas companies, oil companies, energy companies, they're making record profits that suddenly, if you can't get Joe Biden and Merrick Garland, their people to bring these these executives in front of Congress for price gouging, you really think it won't be Kevin McCarthy as a speaker, but whatever nut bar they get as the speaker, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Or Mitch McConnell, you really think these people are going to do that? I mean, really? Because if you really believe – if you're a Republican, you really believe that this red wave or tsunami or whatever is going to fix the economy? I've got beachfront property to sell you in Ohio, and I know you're already getting ready to blame everything else on the planet. And here, this is – I have to be positive about this. I have to think because I need you to vote. Every election is the most important ever. Everyone. And Willie may say vote him out, but you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, and I know I'm going to make a lot of my leftist friends mad when I say this, but if there's a Democrat in office, you need to keep him in. It's about building a firewall now. And I know you guys want to hold these people to a better account. And I know people in California want to make sure that the people of Missouri vote the way that they should out there. And the people of New York City think that the people of Iowa should vote the way they are out there. But at the end of the day... I'm concerned about Texas. I'm concerned about Florida. I'm concerned about Ohio. I'm concerned about Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia. We can't vote for Ocasio-Cortez. We can't. We have to vote for Tim Ryan. We can't vote for Cori Bush. We have to vote for Greg Landsman. We can't vote for, I don't know what, I mean, if you're in Wisconsin, vote for Evers, trust me. But we can't vote for whoever the, the rocks, the Gavin Newsoms of the world here in Ohio, we have to vote for Nan Whaley. And I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy this is where we are, but we need to be realistic. This Bernie Sanders purity test, this, this being angry about this, get over it. You may think you're going to be okay, and you may think you can sit this election out, and you may think that no matter what, you're mad at what the Democrats did to your favorite candidate. But I have seen it here in Missouri, or Missouri, I've seen it here in Ohio. I've seen what happens. Ten-year-old, raped, had to leave the state. That didn't happen two, three years ago. That happened months ago. The Republican senator 
the presumed winner, thinks women that are being abused need to stay in the relationship. And he believes that. You gotta vote. Because look, even if the Republicans take control, they have to then govern. And they can't. Everything is petty to them. Everything's about everything's about protecting the white Christian male. That's all it is. That's all they are. They're cruel. They have no ideas. They're unintelligent. And they're un-American. You want to reset it. You want to set the slate clean. You have got to vote blue. You have got to do what Kansas did when they rejected the banning of abortion in the state. And you have got to do it in huge numbers. I've already voted. And you have got to, if you think there's shenanigans, every single one of us, we wake up on Wednesday morning and everything went exactly the way that the bat poo insane Republicans on on the Elon Musk Twitter machine and all that stuff have been saying for months. We need to question it and we need answers. The difference between us and them is we're not going to go to the Capitol and incite violence. And we need to hold our elected officials accountable. If Merrick Garland is not going to do what's good for America, he needs to be replaced. We need our goddamn John Brown moment. I know people are tired of thinking, and I know a lot of you are sitting back and you're sitting in your homes and you're driving your car and you're going to your job and you're watching your streaming services and you're playing your video games. And I just described everything that I do. And it's a good life. But I shouldn't have to think about my kid getting shot in school. I shouldn't have to think about my nieces having to go to other states for health care. I shouldn't think about my sister-in-laws having to stay, well, they would not. They have to think about my friends staying in marriages that are abusive. It's not about me. We need to stop being selfish. There are problems. There are big problems. And yes, I wish the Biden administration would do a lot more. I wish they would do a whole lot more. But it's our chance. This Tuesday, it's our opportunity. And you know what happens after Tuesday? It's Wednesday. And we keep going. Tuesday is one part of the battle of the larger war. We will continue to fight. And I'm confident at the end of the day that we, the right side of this, the pro-American side, the pro-women, the pro-children, the pro-United States of America side is going to win. And I'm not positive about Tuesday but I am positive for the future because a wise man, the what do they call him, the redheaded stranger, two years ago told me what to do. If it's a bunch of clowns, you voted in. Election day is coming around again. If you don't like it now, if it's more than you'll allow. If you don't like who's in there, we'll vote them out. Yeah, 
I'm lucky here in Ohio. I don't like a lot of who are in here. So I've, I voted to vote them out. And uh, with all that being said, we thank you for your ears. Anything else that you may use to listen to the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. Remember, we are here every Saturday for free wherever you find your fine podcasting shows. A couple of notes coming up here very, very soon. Probably before Thanksgiving here, I've talked, I've teased about a big, big project that Ty and I are working on, and we're getting ready to uh, we're getting ready to launch that project. And it's going to be about movies, it's going to be about our lifetime and stuff. But you're going to be involved with it, so I'm going to really encourage you to watch Seed Sing and just get ready because we're going to need your help with this big project, which is. Really, honestly, it's the greatest thing that ever happened in podcasting, and uh, I think we're all going to need this little chaser after all this stuff, but it's going to be a lot of good debate. It's it's going to be great. So look for Seed Same there, and go vote. Vote, vote, vote. You don't like what I said? Tell me, and tell me why. Explain it to me. I have been wrong a lot in my life. I have made a few good choices in my life. And those choices have been the most important choices I've ever made, and I've made them correctly. But at the end of the day, you can tell me why I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong about this, so please tell me. But go vote. Absolutely vote. And uh, just be nice. Be kind. Choose kindness over cruelty. That's all I hope for you. So talk to you next week. The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSane.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.